as the hosts of the Gunshot and Contributor to Mavs Moneyball, game-winning Lauren Gunn. He is a country music sensation taking the world by storm. October 12th, 8.37 p.m., one week away from the start of the NBA regular season, just about two or three weeks removed from a favored athlete on this show, Frank Nilakina, making the move to Dallas, which coincided with you, Frankie Dip, making the move to Dallas. Um, so you've been there a few weeks. How's it going so far? That's right, Larry. I've been settling into Dallas quite well. Thanks especially to my old pal Frankie throwing me sardines out of the rear window of his Renault. Uh, I'm so glad that hasn't changed. Um, Lauren, are you based out of Dallas? I am, yeah. Born and raised in Dallas. And first, I have to say that that was by far the most epic intro I have ever like witnessed mm-hmm. out of all the podcasts that I've done, that was just truly spectacular. Thank you so much. Um, that's all I strive to do is to <laughs> do a better intro than everybody else. The content, <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see what we could do. Um, so if I don't know if you've kept up with the lore of this show, but they are right around the time that Frank Nilakina was drafted and was given the na- nickname Frankie Smokes. There was this jazz cat in the New York underbelly uh, named Frankie Smokes, who is this artist you see before you. Um, he's a, a master of the saxophone. And then coincidentally, when Frank Nilakina goes to Dallas, Frankie Smokes goes to Dallas to to uh, become a country music star and changed his name from Frankie Smokes to Frankie Dip. So just a little backstory for you. Good to know. Yeah. No, I did not know that story. That's that's uh, that's great to know. It's it's fantastic that we've got two two Frankie Smoke well Frankie Smokes and Frankie Dip now in town. So that's uh, that's good to to be up in the know. Yeah, and less confusing now. They won't uh, coincide yes, with each other. Also true. Yeah, it's been really big for my SEO. My website is <laughs> popping off now. Yeah. Yeah, you used to be uh, getting on the second or third page for Frankie Smokes, but now... It was tough. <laughs> I used to be FrankieSmokes.nix. Now I'm FrankieDip.nix. Oh, wow. Not .mavs, just .nix? Oh, you know, I kind of stuck with it. Mavs was taken. Frankie Dip. Mavs is already taken. Oh my God, who would do by that? a uh, cheese dip company? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably some queso. Mm. There you go. So, let's talk a little bit about this player, Frank Nilakina. Um, very beloved by a lot of Knicks fans, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very relieved to see him get signed by a team. 
because uh, it looked for a little bit like he may not be in the NBA. And mm-hmm. um, given the Mavs situation, I w- the first step is he's got to make the team. Um, I would, right. I assume he will, but what do you? There's like a kind of a few other players. Um, there's they've got two two way spots. There's Trey right. Burke. There's um, some other guys. Who who do you see? <laughs> yeah. Who do you see making the final cut? Yeah, so I, I do think Frank will will make the final cut. That's not something that I I personally am worried about. Um, we do have a log jam at guards right now, especially with I mean in the preseason there has been uh, Jacory McLaughlin who ha- holds one of the two way spots uh, currently, and Carlick Jones who got a training camp invite played in preseason had a pretty good performance, but um, obviously you got Luca in, in terms of the depth chart, you got Luca, Jalen Bronson, whose spots are as secured as, as they would be. And then after that, I think you've got Frank, I think it goes Frank, Trey Burke, and then Jacory or probably Carlick and then Jacory. actually, I think that's kind of the order of, uh, the guards and in, in terms of, and then Tyrell Terry's in there as well, but he's away from the team and that situation is a little bit uncertain, but as far as Frank's, um, security with this group uh i think he'll be just fine he brings a lot of what we need you guys are very familiar with it obviously um but yeah he, he we need frank uh, we this team does not exactly have a whole lot of defensive weapons and he plays hard and he's very skilled obviously with that we got to see a little bit more of kind of what he brings uh in the olympics he just being in a completely different environment like you just you got to see a, some different things um and so i Dallas is very fond of Frank uh, and they've wanted him for a long time. So when that signing became official, it was kind of like, okay, we've, <laughs> we've kind of been having our eye on this for a long time, but we didn't really know if it was ever going to happen. And so people are very excited about Frank. I'm very excited about Frank. I got a chance to speak with him at, at media day. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it was media day and he, he's spectacular. So I can see why he is loved by so many and I'm very happy to have him here. Yeah. Almost like a homecoming given that he was rumored to be there in that draft. Yeah. Also true. He, yeah, we got. So, do you think you said he'd be third on the depth chart, meaning mm-hmm. at point guard? Because I, I, I'm. That's what another question I have is: Is he going to be a point right. guard, or is he going to be more of a three and D wing? Yeah. So, I, with this group, um, I don't love the fit of him and Jalen Brunson kind of, kind of being like this um, reserve backcourt that kind of comes in. Not that. Jason Kidd is going to run this like rotation of 10, like a five in five out thing. Like nobody does that, but um, I don't really love that duo. Uh, I think they will share the floor at sometimes, but I think they're really going to try to get him in there with Luca. And he's going to be that secondary ball handler next to Luca um, because he does have good vision as a passer. And so if he can get out there and share the court, uh, one thing I will say, like one thing in preseason that they were doing a lot is, KP and Luca's minutes were mirroring each other. Whereas last year with Carlisle, they were a little bit more staggered. And so we're starting to see what it looks like when they share the floor pretty much at all times. Uh, and so if you throw, throw Frank in there, when you pull out Tim or you pull out Reggie or whatever the case may be, I am going to be most intrigued to see Frank's fit with and run with those two, uh, because I think he's going to slide in there really well. I think he's going to compliment Luca in the backcourt. Um, but yeah, I think they, they will, they, I don't think that they'll just like minimize his role to a three and D wing, but they're going to give, they're going to let Jalen run that secondary unit. And Luca's also going to run um, the first unit, obviously. But when Frank gets in there with Luca, 
um, they are going to rely on him to facilitate and even run the offense so they can play Luca off ball, give him a little bit of a, a rest. Uh, and I think that they'll trust Frank to do that because he's he's proven that he earns he has earned that role and that that trust. Interesting. Yeah, I mean that was. I mean, he was always a point guard for the four years he was with the Knicks. Um, yeah. But it never kind of worked out. And towards the end of year four, they started using him more as a wing, and he excelled right. at that when he got that yeah. chance. Um, but, yeah, he still has some – He he's not as bad a ball handler as some people may think from his lack yeah. of success. Uh, he had one pass in the preseason game, like, a few days ago where you just, like, whipped it around somebody, I think, to Trey yeah. Burke. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, so I was in the arena that I was covering that game that night and I was actually sitting like at the exact angle where he like made the pass. And I was like, oh man, like <laughs> I just love this guy. I just, just another, it's so early, but I just, I love this guy. And so like, those are the types of things that he's going to come in. And, and I think he's just going to provide this team with a little bit of like a little finesse and just a little bit of craftiness that like Jalen Brunson, we love Jalen Brunson, but he's very fundamental and he's, he's not like, they're just they're just so different and so it'll be nice to have that variety and and versatility kind of with this group for sure yeah i also this may have been in my head so i Mm -hmm. part of the story of of frank is uh not you frankie dip frank nilakina is (laughs) is that but you may relate to this anyway is that is that there's always a lot of Knicks fans think he never got a fair shot. There's always been these like below average to average point guards who got minutes ahead of him and they never trusted him to work through his mistakes. And one of them was Trey Burke. So it would in some ways be kind of fulfilling to see Trey Burke be one of the players cut in favor of Frank. Um, but something in my, is I when Trey Burke was running point uh, on the unit mm-hmm. with Frank, like, I don't know. I noticed a few times Frank was open in the corner and Burke wasn't passing to him. Maybe because he realizes he's competing with this guy for a spot on the team. More like Trey Jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why you're here. Um, Oh my God. But have you, Frankie, have you ever, um, have you ever like been upstaged by anyone or like lost a gig to somebody else who's lesser than you? Certainly. I can't tell you the number of times, even since I've been here, that, you know, I'm hearing at country music bars, these freaking hacks strumming <laughs> away. And it's like, why am I out back eating fish out of the dumpster? Well, these clowns get to continue to yodel on and on and on. Oh, my God. They're probably getting fish out of the can while you, well, you're scrounging around in the dumpster. Uh, we can only dream. Only time that happens for me, Frank Milakina throws a sardine out of his Renault. <laughs> I, that's so That's so great that you two have that relationship. But mm. what, like, so if you wanted to use this platform to kind of showcase some of your new country songs... So maybe you could sure. get a gig. Do you, do you have anything new for us? Um, do I have anything new? Well, as you know, Larry, I still just have my saxophone. <laughs> it's the only instrument. I you do have. not have the. I. It's the only instrument I own. I don't have thumbs, so I can't tune it. But I've certainly tried to incorporate a country sound to it. Okay. Uh, would you like me to play you I, something? I would love it. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Let me go grab it. 
somewhere back here. <laughs> ah, all right, here we go. Big hat. Wow. Wow. It really takes it out of you. Yeah. You see why I'm getting so mad about eating fish out of the trash. Yeah, I think you should be up in those in those bars, in those country music bars. I mean, I get to I I have a uh tuned ear so I could tell that that's not jazz, that's country, because you said honky-tonk and big hat. You really have to listen for it. (laughs) Yeah. It it requires a refined refined palate, I guess. Mm. (laughs) Um, So speaking of Trey Jerk, um, do you see see him making the team, Lauren? You know... Uh, so the, the Trey Burke situation is really interesting because of some of the off court things that are going on right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's all going to play out. Uh, and I, I, I don't know that anybody could come forward and, and say like in the organization and say what their stance is on that, or that that's even coming into play in terms of any decisions. Um, but I did see a couple of people speculating on Twitter that so the the first preseason game he didn't get in at all. He was like the only guy. They sat each night they've sat three guys just to give the young guys an opportunity, but he was one of the guys who wasn't listed as out and just didn't get a chance to play. And so then he played in game 2 and some people were speculating on Mavs Twitter that okay, they're just going to throw him out there so he can so they can say that it's performance related as to why he's the one that gets cut. And so I have no idea what's going to happen. We signed him. I think what last year we signed him to a three-year extension for $10 million and he has a 10% trade kicker. So I don't know if they would try to, I I, like, obviously they they probably don't want to trade him. And I just don't really know where their head is at with this situation. Uh, But as of right now, to me, it does kind of seem like he is definitely on the chopping block, just given the fact that we have Luca, who's going to take a lot of the minutes, Jalen Brunson's going to play 20 plus minutes each night and they do want to play Frank. And then they've got, they went out and signed like, yes, Reggie, obviously, but they have Sterling Brown. They're still trying to develop Josh green. And so trying to fit more guards in there um, is just, it's a little difficult. And so I just don't know that I, uh, even if he doesn't get cut, let me say this, even if he doesn't get cut, I, I don't know that they see him as a part of the long-term vision. Right, right. I mean, he's a, he's a bench player regardless. Um, right. But I guess they do have to, is it one guard or two guards that they have to waive before settling on their 15 minutes? I believe or? they have to waive, I think they have to waive, they have to, oh, is it two? I think it's two. I think they got to waive two people. Okay. So, so, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do because there are also some bigs that are, that are on the chopping block. Uh, does that include I think Moses Willie Brown? Stein. So a little bit, but Moses Brown has been training with Tyson Chandler and he just plays so hard and you can tell that he's so raw. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't quite have full control of his body, but like they like how hard he works. And the fact that they're using like Tyson Chandler isn't even a, an official employee of the maps, 
but he has been on the scene every day, every time that I show up to, to cover the games, he's there working with Moses before the games. Like those two are just like this. And so it would really surprise me to see them cut Moses just because uh, given how much time he's been spending with Tyson Chandler, it seems like everybody's kind of on board with that and just kind of letting him, giving him the opportunity to tighten the screws. And if, if you lose him like in a year from now or include him in a trade package or whatever the case may be, like they tried. Um, but I think Willie is probably a little bit more on the chopping block. Obviously Boban's not going anywhere. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's any, anyone else in there. Um, I, I really don't know what they're going to do because another guy in preseason that has really been turning a lot of heads is uh, Eugene Omarui. Yeah. Um, and he, they really liked what they've seen from him. So I, I do think that there's a chance that maybe they restructure some things give him like a, a standard contract and maybe that opens up a two-way spot to keep and maybe they just shift that around a little bit but with Trey Burks the structure of his contract I do I do wonder if they look at trading him or if they just waive him altogether because I, I, I do think that there's I think that that's a pretty decent possibility yeah I mean, based on based on the preseason game I watched of theirs and mm-hmm. from the little I know I would think um how you pronounce his name? Yuminura or uh, Eugene Omarui? Omarui. He, I mean, he was great yes. in that game. So I, I think, and he's already on a two-way deal. Yes, uh, he but is. May, yeah, maybe he gets restructured to a standard deal, and then the two ways go to um, Carlick Jones. Seems to be yeah doing pretty well. I think he might get it. Um, I, I do think he might get it. I, the thing that's hard is like I don't think they're gonna want to give it to two guards. Like that mm-hmm. doesn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense, but they might, they, they might yeah. actually, they, they might give it to Ferran hunt just to have a little bit of, uh, cause he, he, they do like him as well. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure. And they might view Carlick as like a little too raw and just give him a chance to develop and like, see what happens then. But, um, but yeah, I think with Eugene, they're going to want to lock him up just yeah. with what I've been hearing with, coach kid talk about they want they didn't want to just give eugene an opportunity they wanted him to play with the starters and see how he fit with them and so like the fact that you're taking the time to give that even a test run tells Mm -hmm. me that you don't view this guy as a g-leaguer you know what i mean so i'm not sure i don't i don't have it all figured out as to what they're going to do with him but i think that they they feel pretty good about him with this group but i've seen some people even speculate that maybe tyrell terry or josh green could be cut that would surprise me being that they're yeah. so young and and they were pretty like you know uh one was a late first round pick the other was a first uh second round pick but both i think still have right. trade value right yeah if you ask mavs twitter they're going to say they have no trade value because they're just a little with all ever since we've gotten luca they a lot of people have just been like it's win now we got to go all in right now and so people people are from what i've seen and i don't mind saying it they're having trouble seeing a long-term vision it's like if we don't do it in this year we're a failure and so for me it's like with Tyrell Terry there are there's a lot going on there off the court with him and so I I don't know what those conversations are but they don't there's a chance that they could cut him but I don't think they want to do that because he hasn't really had an opportunity I mean well there's an argument there but um he they just they haven't really, he hasn't really had his chance in my opinion, and they want to give him that time. They signed him to a four-year deal, same contract structure as Jalen Brunson. So they do believe in him with Josh Green. Josh Green is incredibly close with Luca and Jalen Brunson. So uh, people have 
criticized him a lot because he's another guy who just he plays so hard and he has so much energy but he just doesn't quite have the screws tightened like he needs the time to really um develop and and kind of have better decision-making skills and just be more of an NBA ready player. But I'm still high on Josh green in terms of him having a spot on this roster. Um, Again, there are some people that would disagree with that. Uh, But again, a first round pick, like you don't, they're not going to cut Josh green, but Tyrell Terry um, given that he just, he hasn't even really, he hasn't really been available. um, And he did have an opportunity in summer league, um, he didn't do a whole lot with it. There are some people that are saying that he should be the one that gets cut. Uh, but I just think it's a little bit more of a complicated decision than, than that when it comes to him, because there are just more things going on. I would imagine if he gets cut, somebody's going to pick him up because he was pretty highly regarded in the draft yes. last year. So he's going to get yeah. another chance somewhere. Sure. Um, okay. You talked about the lot, a lot of Mavs fans wanting to win right now and not really yeah. seeing a long-term vision. Um, what, so I don't know, what do you, what do you think is the crux of kind of like the, the franchise and like, what, is there, is there something they're missing that they can do? Um, or mm-hmm. what would, what would kind of tell you that this year is, what would, what could happen this year that could tell you like the franchise is ready to win now? Yeah. So that's like, a very intriguing question because the biggest thing is, uh, this group, it all comes down to Kristaps Porzingis, mm-hmm. and they've got their number one. They their bench is like, I mean, people. I've seen people criticize their bench, but they don't put up bad numbers. It's the two three spot that we need to be consistently showing up. And at the end of all of last year, and especially towards the end of last year, it became clear that Tim Hardaway Jr. could be that guy. And so they have faith in his ability to be that guy they need Porzingis to be there every single night. And so do I think that they can make a move right now or do something this year that's going to put them in like a position to be considered a title contender? No, the, what they need to do, the biggest thing that they need to do, and they know it is that they got to go out there and prove that Porzingis is the number two and that he's happy to be number two, doesn't need to be number one and that this duo can work together because they can on paper. There's no reason they can't. And in preseason, we've kind of gotten a glimpse of them interacting, like clearly showing that they have no problems with each other, that everything is, they're just excited to be, have this new regime. Clearly that could not be more clear. Um, and so it, they just need time. And, and with Porzingis, Porzingis needs to show that he can stay healthy, that he can be productive and that he can stay engaged on both ends. And then I think that will be enough to show just given how good Luca is, that will be enough to show that they're going to be tough in the East. And that when that player becomes available via trade or when that player becomes available in free agency, when maybe they do have a way to, to move money around and maybe make a move to sign someone, they can jump on it. But right now, especially after this off season and last year, they weren't in a position to really pitch to anyone why they're, one piece away or why they're just right there. Even though Luca is that good, there was too much uh, instability after the Rick Carlisle stuff, Donnie Nelson leaving the questions with Porzingis there. It's, it just is too, there's too many questions right now. So this year they're going to be looking to answer those questions and show everyone that, Hey, we've got this new regime. Luca and Porzingis are good. Our roster is solid enough 
we just need that number two guy. And if we can get another guy in here or whatever the case may be to kind of just round out this roster and, and another guy being that secondary ball handler that can take the load off Luca and come in and give a scoring punch in the playoffs. I think they're going to be feeling really good about where they're at as Luca continues to get better year after year. And then it will become very clear when their window has opened uh, and when it looks like it might be coming to an end. And so though, I mean, we're, we're a ways away from that, but mm. I think they feel good about where their timeline is at given the state of the league right now, looking around at some of these teams that are structured the way they are, but won't be in three years. Yeah. I, I think Porzingis is kind of the, the focal point of that too. Is, is he, is he yeah. the number two guy and can you rely on him? Yeah. Uh, if he More is, like then <laughs> what? More like poor dingus. <laughs> yep. Exactly. There, there's a lot of good ones. You could come up with that. <laughs> um, but if, if this poor dingus fellow, uh, if he's healthy, <laughs> then <laughs> you, then the, the timeline is soon. If he's not, then it's like, then the timeline is, hopefully keep Luca happy enough because he's young enough that you could just wait out the Porzingis contract and then really restructure the team after that, after you're able to dump his salary. Right. Yeah. I mean, by the time Porzingis, like if Porzingis, so I think what's interesting is in recent history, some of these players like Gordon Hayward, Chris Paul that have had these massive player options and have declined them to have, to sign, to re-sign, or well, not in Gordon Hayward's case, but sign for longer deals at the same amount to where it's like, oh my God, did you really just decline that player option? Like years ago, nobody was ever anticipating you declining that option, but you did. And now you're signing for like crazy money. And so I do think that that could be a possibility for Porzingis. Uh, but as of right now, like, I don't think anyone's mind is on that. But again, like the, the point is, is that if that were to happen, um, Porzingis can do whatever he wants. And Luca, I think at that point would only be 24, 25. I think, yeah, 24, 25, which is crazy. It's crazy. And so yeah. like, hasn't even hit his physical prime. And there were, at that point, he will just, he might've won an MVP by, by then. Like he's so good that there will be someone that's like, you know what? That's where I'm signing. I like Nico. You know, I, I like Luca. Luca does have a lot of good relationships, despite the fact that he whines about every call, but he's <laughs> to admit it. Um, but yeah, they, I, it, it will, that will be tough if Porzingis goes down with an injury or just is inconsistent or has a poor performance in the playoff In the playoffs that will put them in a bind. But because of how, like how um, big the Luca window, excuse me, window is with just how good he is. Um, there will be options, but it doesn't mean that there's going to be an endless amount of options because we've seen the NBA. We've mm -hmm. seen how it goes with middle market teams. That's not how it goes. So uh, you've got to make sure that moving forward, even if the Porzingis situation doesn't hand or doesn't pan out, you got to make sure that you're handling it as best as you can. And with your franchise cornerstone signing off on every decision that you make moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frankie, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Porzingis and if he could stay healthy this year? I mean, I think he'd have a lot easier time staying healthy if he wasn't out all night with us cats drinking the cream off the top of every bottle of milk we find. Is he really doing that? Very, very active Dallas nightlife for poor Dingus. 
drinking all the cream off our milk, leaving us nothing but the watery remnants. Oh my god, what a jerk. Like, the cream is the best part. That's what I think, and that's what he thinks as well. <laughs> uh, I, I can see it. I really can. But yeah, as long as he can sort of get out of his habit of bullying us Dallas cats, drinking all our cream, I think he'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it starts maybe. with like the it's get get your mental space right before you could get the physical space right. There you go. Um, so now thinking about back to Frank a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. with what the rotation is, I what I I imagine it would be as of now is the first unit would be um Luca, uh Tim Hardaway. Um, Finney Smith, I guess, at the three. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. KP at the four, and Powell at the five. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably what it's looking at right now. And then the second unit, Brunson, um, Reggie. It it seems like Sterling Brown is going to get the first crack at the three there. Mm -hmm. um, Kleba and. I guess either Cauley Stein or Moses Brown, one of those guys. Exactly. So yeah, that's what it's looking like. Right. So on with that, uh, on opening day, Frank's probably not going to be part of the rotation, at least when everybody's healthy um, at mm -hmm. the start of the season, which is fine. He'll, he just has to kind of carve out a role for himself. If he mm -hmm. is able to carve a role out of a, a role out for himself, who do you see him supplanting of those 10 guys? Yeah, I think it will be Sterling Brown. Sterling mm -hmm. Brown probably. Uh, Sterling has impressed in, in preseason. He's had a couple of big moments. But where I think Frank is going to be able to carve out his role is he's going to come in, play hard defense, but he's going to be able to make momentum-shifting plays. And that is what is going to carve him out a role because he just – we don't have guys that we, we got tons of offense. Everybody can shoot the three. Everybody can do whatever we need on offense, but we don't have guys that are going to get you a stop uh, at any point in the game time after time. We just don't have guys that you can roll. I mean, we do, but like we need more. And so that's where Frank is going to be able to come in and, and carve out his role. And I think that there's a chance that, um, like they'll, they'll play small. Like, I think that there's a decent chance that maybe you've got a group out there. Like they, it's, it's kind of weird, but there, there have been moments where they've had Josh green almost running like this small ball four, which doesn't even really make any sense, but it's like, they're just trying to have a group that plays with a lot of pace and just goes way small. Um, I don't know that we'll see that very much or if even at all, but I do think that there's going to be opportunities where they go small. Maybe they run maxi at the five with this backup group and they, they find a way to get Frank in there just to kind of add defense because there was, there was a, against that Clippers matchup, there was a group out there that had Josh green, Frank Sterling and Dorian. And it, it, I mean, it was a preseason game, so you can only take away so much, but like the defensive energy was crazy. And like, everyone was like, somebody tweeted and was like, man, this group is giving them fits. Granted again, you're going against a, a team that's not a full, fully equipped Clippers roster or even a group that that would be out there maybe on a regular season night. But it was just it was good to see a Dallas team playing with high level defense. And so, um, uh, yeah, on, on night one, maybe he doesn't play too, too much, but I 
I believe, and I think a lot of people, if you ask, will would say that Frank will have no problem carving out his role. That's good to hear. Um, but yeah, um, as I was as I was like listing the names and saying Willie Cauley Stein or Moses Brown, that's where I kind of thought, mm-hmm. oh, maybe they did. You know, Maxi goes to the five and then gets maybe. in that way. Yeah, I. Well, who knows? Well, it's interesting. It is interesting to hear you say that, like one of his assets that could get him in the lineup would be his offensive playmaking because it's it, it that was considered a weakness for him for a yeah, long time right but it's like and one of the reasons i think frank fans love him so much is like you do see the flashes like you saw yeah with that pass in the last game and his his euro step layup um yeah that sometimes he is able to create and if he's just it's, it's a confidence problem with him um, right. With, that's what it's been with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's in, it was interesting to hear the rumor that Jason Kidd pushed for him to get there. Um, I mean, what, if, mm-hmm. what is there any more to that story or just that I guess Jason Kidd happened to like him? Um, I, I, I think it's kind of that, but also I think Jason Kidd did like him, but I think it's also like kind of going back to what you alluded to before, uh, going into his draft where a lot of people within the Dallas organization liked him. So I think it was just who, like what names are out there that we could bring in to kind of, uh, cause it, it became clear as free agency went on that they weren't going to get that starting secondary playmaker next to Luca. And so it kind of became, okay, who's still out there that we could get that maybe you just don't know. And with Frank, I think what makes him a good fit for this roster is that he's not going to need to be the primary playmaker. Like they're not going to rely on him to be the primary facilitator running an offense, whether he's out there with Jalen Brunson or with Luca. And so um, what I think that they'll expect from him and need from him, because another thing about Frank is even though he hasn't necessarily been the most consistent outside shooter, like you said, it's kind of seems like a confidence thing because his shot mechanics are good. It's not an ugly shot at all. And so, um, I think especially when he plays with Luca, he's going to get a lot of catch and shoot, not just catch and shoot threes, but wide open catch and shoot threes. Um, And so I'll be fascinated to see how his confidence goes up with that. Um, And, and yeah, with Jalen Brunson, that will be that I'll be curious to see how those two fit together. They've kind of talked about what their relationship has been like since they've been around each other. Jalen really likes him. He's had nothing but great things to say about him. Um, and he, he said that you can tell that he's re- Frank is ready to come in and work. And like, he's just a good team guy to have around. Um, but kind of going back to, to what we were saying about like how he got there and maybe what, what was being said about him. Uh, I just think that they've, they've liked him for a long time and they, they do see the potential. And so, because like maybe in New York, there was a minute there where it was like, who's going to be our point guard. We need someone to be the point guard. Um, obviously before you, you drafted IQ before RJ kind of really took a, the step up that he's taken, there were just questions and, and Frank was in those questions. And so now I think with this, with our group, he just doesn't really need to be, he doesn't, that's just not the expectation for him. And, and uh, I've kind of said that I think with Dallas, he's going to be what we wanted DeLon Wright to be. And he's going to be okay with it because DeLon Wright wanted to be a starter and he wanted to have a significant role with this team. And that just wasn't really where he was value or look, that wasn't how he was looked at. And so with Frank, uh, Frank's looking to to prove that he deserves a spot and, 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 and show what he can do in those minutes. And so uh, the fact that he's ready to work and he, he'll be appreciative of his role and willing to, to do the hard things, uh, I think that that will bode really well for him with this group. Yeah, I, I think that's the way forward for him is to 
be an off ball guy and then maybe start working his ball handling back into his game. Um, And, and as you said, like you, you, the team needs somebody in that role. Uh, Reggie Bullock, certainly like he's great, but he certainly, he can't put the ball on the floor. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a good situation for Frank. Uh, Where is the right now, by the way? I believe DeLon is in Atlanta. Okay. Or is he in Boston? I honestly don't even know because Chris Dunn got moved around. I think he's in Atlanta. I think I think what happened is he got traded to Boston and then he got swapped for Chris Dunn. So mm-hmm. I think he's in Atlanta right now. But I, I'm actually but... going to double check that while you ask because I'm very curious because I, I know he's gotten moved around a good bit, which unfortunately like that, that does typically tell you a lot. Uh, and, and that's kind of a question that people have. Yeah, he's with the Hawks. That's a question that people have with um, with Moses Brown. Like, he just got moved around twice. Mm-hmm. So, oh, shoot. No, is he with Sacramento? I can't tell. I'm getting I'm getting <laughs> mixed. I'm getting mixed, uh, yeah. mixed things. Okay, no, it looks like Atlanta. I apologize. It's Atlanta. Yeah, it's Atlanta. Jesus, okay. hard to keep up. But, yeah, um, but yeah so uh, I don't know. He He's... Sometimes there, I think with certain guys, it does, your success does depend on the system fit and DeLon Wright. I just don't know that he was a system fit with Dallas and with Rick Carlisle. Uh, But with a team like Atlanta or a team that need, that plays with a lot more pace than, than Dallas probably does. uh, He might, he might be just fine. Well, here's wishing for the best for DeLon Wright. That's right. Um, where, Where do you see the, ultimately this year, where do you see the Mavs finishing in the West? Man, that's a good question. Uh, I I see them finishing anywhere. I see them finishing as high as four, as low as seven, because um, maybe even three. I mean, you could argue three, especially if Luca's going to be, if Luca not going to be, but if he's currently predicted to be the MVP favorite, mm-hmm. uh, you got to be towards the top of the Western Conference. And I think what's so fascinating about the West. Obviously, Kyrie or not Kawhi is down. His his uh, return is is a little uncertain right now. Denver still a very strong team, but Jamal Murray also some questions there. But like the Lakers, the Lakers are they don't really have any reason to play full strength at at, at every single game. Like they're going to do a lot of load managing. So I think down the stretch they won't really care what seed they are as long as they're not. Um, in the play and play having to play more games than they need to. So there's just a lot of interesting things with certain Western conference teams. I think the warriors are going to be really tough this year, uh, especially, uh, well, if clay comes back and, and is looks like clay. Uh, but I think with James Wiseman, like they don't need him to really do that much. Like they, what he will do just because of his physicality uh, will be amazing for them. And so I think the warriors are going to be really tough. Um, and even Portland, like, they didn't make any crazy changes, but I do think like they made a couple of roster moves that were, were subtle, but I think that they were kind of sneaky and, and, and solid pickups. So uh, I don't want to discount Portland, uh, but because of how good Luca is, um, I do think that they have the potential to be three, four or five, most likely. Frankie, where do you see the Mavs finishing? Um, depends to me how much they play my buddy Frank. Mm-hmm. If he gets good minutes and he's making that sardine money, <laughs> first place. Yeah. 
He's stuck on the end of the bench last place. There you go. Yeah, that I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> that's uh that's why you're on the show for your insight analysis. Yeah. Uh sardine. <laughs> sardine money if we could all only there have that sardine money that was i mean that was another thing that gave me confidence that frank's gonna make the team when the news came out that his contract is fully guaranteed like you don't yeah, you don't do that with I, somebody who you don't play yeah and i i actually think like i know he's got that team option next year but i i really do think that i don't know if i mean god i i don't know what's gonna happen but i think he's going to be able to carve out a role for himself here and he's going to become a part of the long-term vision. I really do think that wow. they like what he brings. And he's just, he's so unique to the type of players that we typically bring in. Um, and so the fact that we've got him and he's still so young and has room to develop, not that he's necessarily going to turn into a completely different player and be this superstar in the starting lineup. Like um, I don't want to act as if, he's just or like he's some crazy crazy different player that hasn't been unlocked yet just because he's on a new team uh but i do think that he's going to be um a significant part of of what this team is moving forward i i really love frank i do uh, it, it's a, it's amazing like dallas because of the Kristaps porzingis trade and all the fallout of that was one of the teams i hated for the past few yeah. years and now it's like i'm gonna for be sure. watching every one of their games yeah yeah it's uh it's it's definitely interesting like they they just have some things that they need to figure out like some stories like just i mean obviously for for new york fans like the porzingis stuff obviously it's a little it's a little tough and and i i can fully understand that um but but yeah there are just a couple of things where it's like okay we'll see what this group can put together um luca like what he did in the playoffs last year against the clippers like that they blew that series they should have taken out the clippers uh and then Kawhi just like went on one and it was crazy but like they should have won that series and they just didn't and so i think as this group is just different and they're just they're swishing how they're like i i do have a lot of faith in what luca can do and how he can potentially carry this team and how far he could potentially carry them especially if i mean you never know what's going to happen with injuries i mean shoot it could be us that gets injured so you just you never know what the playoff picture is going to look like um you never know what draw you're going to get last year it looked like it was going to be first round denver for us second round utah and dallas fans were salivating at that mm. potential path in the playoffs because they thought they thought that, that was, those were both favorable matchups for us um and so like that's just a perfect scenario you never know how much luck is going to be involved uh so you just we'll just have to wait and see see what luca can do yeah um and before we get out of here speaking of <laughs> salivating uh i know frankie you wrote a new song about your favorite sardines do you want to share that with us mm. oh yeah i'd love to hang on <laughs> Let me uh, just step away to grab my sex, which I threw under some fish garbage. Ah. Oh, here we go. Sardine horse. Sardine rodeo. Fucking sorry. Ah. Wow. There you have it. Yeah, I like that better than the first one. Not that the first one was bad. Oh, I mean, there's 
they're ordered accordingly in the set list, but they are both in every show. <laughs> uh, anything, Frankie, you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and plug frankydip.nix. Go ahead and check that out. We could use some new website traffic. And also, uh, thearmorycomedy.com has lots of news about comedy shows in New York City that you should check out. I'll be sure to check that out. I hear they have a really good performer there named Marcus Haugen. I'm not familiar. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should check them out. Uh, Lauren, uh, anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, sure. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at LGun with four N's. Um, yeah, all my Mavs Moneyball, I'm a writer for Mavs Moneyball, so all my work uh, gets posted to there. All my podcast episodes, I co-host uh, the Gunshot Podcast with my brother. We cover everything NBA, not just the Mavs, even though we're both based in Dallas. Um, so yeah, I'm always looking to chat with people from other fan bases um, because I just, I think it's really fascinating. Uh, and so, yeah, I think New York is going to be a, an interesting team to watch this year. Very young, very exciting. They got a lot of different storylines that are going to be interesting to follow. I'm a big Quentin Grimes fan, so I'll be fascinated to see his development there as well. Um, so yeah, just come, come chat with me. Any, any Knicks chat, Mavs chat, NBA chat, any, I, I welcome it all. Yeah. I was willing to do Knicks chat. Is were you, are you a Houston a university of Houston fan? Uh, I'm not, I actually, uh, I know his trainer, um, and his trainer has been, um, working with him since he was in, God, maybe like eighth grade. And so I've had some, some chats with him about Quentin going into the draft and seeing where he was slotted. I was like, he's going to go to a team that's going to be in the playoffs next year. And so, um, when I was looking, talking with him about his trainer, uh, his name is Ben Perkins uh, and he, he's a trainer for uh, the John Lucas uh, camps. And so we were talking about Quentin going into that draft. Um, my brother and I, he, we actually did an interview. He did an interview with us uh, pre-draft. It was like in the night before the draft or something uh, to talk about Quentin's game to, for, for any team that he ended up going to. And the way he talks about Quentin in terms of how he trains and like how he's, molded his game with his like with his um like size like his body type it's just not the typical uh like he he's trained like a point guard he has trained even though he's like built like a like a wing uh he has trained and has always played like a point guard and so uh his trainer has always been like i think that's going to bode really well for him in the nba in terms of being able to create off the dribble uh have confidence in shot creation and that over time training at that that highest level uh, I do think he's going to be a a valuable asset for for whatever team he gets drafted to, and and sure enough, he got drafted to the Knicks, uh, who I think actually came away with a lot of great not guys uh, from draft night, and even guys that went undrafted. So big, big Jericho Sims fan, Miles McBride. They got a lot of they got a lot of good pieces. So it'll be fun to kind of see what that young group does. I mean, even Obi Toppin, like they just have so many young guys that are so fun. So it'll be good. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about those three guys that they got in the yeah. draft this year. I, I think, unfortunately, they won't get much playing time this year. And um, Oh, Jericho didn't go undrafted. He went like 40. He, he yeah. went, I remember because I wanted him. I was like, Dallas, so help me God. And then he got drafted like right, like late second round or mid second round or something. I was like, mm, I was so mad. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was a good pick. He, he'll be fun. Yeah. 
All right, and I, of course, am at Larry the Athlete on all social media. You can subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams, and may the rest of your days be days of thunder. <laughs>